From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Crash Connell, it's Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, a fresh new podcast. One of our favorite guests is back, Mary Danielson. Is that the host, Mike? Hello. Yes. Good morning. We have J.B. Hickson back with us. The time just flies. You know, the weeks between, we have so many great guests, and, and then J.B.'s back, and we always have so many great things to talk about. And today we're going to call this one, How to Interpret the News, um, because there is an art to it. In these times, at least, you really got to be uh, wide awake. Um, it's that time of year, Crash. It's fall, and people are looking for... Long sleeve stuff, sweatshirts, jerseys. Um, I just want to hoodies. Don't forget hoodies. Hoodies, hats, etc. Standupforthetruth.com. There's a merch tab. Oh, good point. Yes, yeah. and you can um, put also the, scented candles. Scented candles. Scented candles. Ooh, they got scented candles there. <laughs> awesome. Got truth candles and stuff to hold it. <laughs> stuff to hold your hot drinks too. You know, hot coffee, what have you. So go to standupforthetruth.com again. Click on the merch tab. And you can uh, wear the Stand Up For The Truth logo. It's a nice, uh, warm, long sleeve shirt. So that's our uh, our podcast today with J.B. Hickson. I'm going to open with a scripture as per usual, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to cut to the chase. Today is First Thessalonians 5, 1 to 6. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Great passage. Lord, we thank you for another day to serve you. Lord, that you come alongside us and provide all that we need for life and godliness. Lord, we long to be where you are, and we also understand there are so many who still don't know you and the power of your grace and your atoning work. So we pray for open doors to bring the message of the cross and everlasting life while we still can, Lord. Thank you so much for the opportunities to speak truth to many. Help us be found watching and waiting with all diligence. Thank you for J.B., and his labors for the kingdom. We ask for good health, safe travels for him, that you'd protect him and his family. We ask for your blessing on his fellowship as well, and thank you ahead of time for your continuing provision in all things. And we pray that you would come today. In Jesus' name, amen. JB, president and founder of Not By Works Ministries, pastor of Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, author, speaker, radio host, more than 30 years of ministry experience, uh, in many areas, pastoral, academic. You can find a great number of resources at notbyworks.org, spiritofthantichrist.org. Uh, Spirit of the False Prophet can also be found a couple places at notbyworks.org, and you can go in the store option, spiritofthefalseprophet.org. They also live stream their Sunday mornings at 1015 Mountain Time. And JB, welcome, and you're going to be part of the pre-trib study group in Texas in December. 
Yes, good morning, Mary and Crash. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, that's going to be a great conference. Yes. I can't wait. That's uh, the, the Pre-Trib Research Center always hosts a conference every yeah. uh, first week of December, and I'll be speaking there again this year. Spectacular. Tommy Ice and his gang, and they've been doing that a long, long time, and uh, uh, what, what a great thing that they do. They have a website, too, for Pre-Trib Resources. But anyway, I was thinking about, because like, like I said uh, in the open here, we're going to talk about how to interpret the news. And as I was thinking about this uh, yesterday, my mind started to wander to all the superhero-style universes that take up the vast majority of films today, such as Marvel, with all its tentacles and spinoffs, and even as far back as the early 80s, Mattel created Masters of the Universe, He-Man and She-Ra, I call them sword and sorcery franchises, and how many people flock to these epic tales of the final shootout between good and evil, but they have no concept of the one that plays out in the world around the clock and has since the beginning of time. I guess no one wants to connect the dots that humans are engaged in an eternal battle and we will continue to do so for the foreseeable future and that people themselves are the spoils. JB, how come people don't, I I know they're spiritually blinded, but any thoughts on why people just don't see what's going on? Yeah, I mean, you said it, you know, for for unbelievers, we could sort of understand it because Mm -hmm. they are blinded, Satan's blinding men's hearts to the gospel, for example, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Uh, so we sort of can understand how unbelievers might not connect the dots properly, but what stuns me is uh, the number of believers that uh, just still don't quite get it. And that passage you read at the opening of the show, First uh, Thessalonians 5, it talks about how we are sons of the light and sons of the day, not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, mm-hmm. in other words, because we're sons of the light, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. And there's just a lot of sleepy Christians out there, spiritually speaking, who uh, are not uh, able to connect the dots. They they understand on some level that something uh, is wrong. They, they, they get that things are not really as they appear. They're not going well overall in the world. Uh, they have suspicions, um, but they've been conditioned by the mainstream media and uh, public schooling and other uh, avenues of deceit to think that it's uh, about you know the right-left paradigm or, mm-hmm. or politics or other issues, and they don't quite see beyond the veil to recognize, as you said, it is really ultimately a spiritual battle between God and Satan. Yeah, and I, w- I would love to actually hear Paul's tone of voice as he says this. It's all kind of how you read it, but he says, you have no need that I should write you. You know perfectly well. <laughs> He's presuming that they do, and we can't. We can't presume that. Yeah, yeah. Someone has said if Paul were alive today, the church would definitely be getting a letter. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I saw that meme. I saw that meme on social media. You're going to get a letter. Yeah, yeah. You know perfectly well. So I, I just, I just love those verses, and I, I think if we could just read them the way with the just the love and concern and exhortation that Paul writes them, we might hear things a little bit differently. Uh, JB, you have um, ten. Uh, you've thought this through really well. You have ten preliminary principles that lay the foundation for how to t- interpret day-to-day events, events that we are so caught up in and never take anything at face value. Nothing is as it seems, period. What, what's the Da Vinci quote about the three classes of people? Yeah, so uh, I quote this at the beginning of Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1. It's an epigraph. Uh, da Vinci said, there are three classes of people, those who see, those who see when they are shown, and those who do not see. Mm. And uh, that's kind of been sort of the roadmap for us. Uh, you know, Mary, we woke up to the world as it really exists about 17, 18 years ago. 
I've been a believer most of my life, saved as a young six-year-old boy, raised in a Christian family, uh, trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation as a young boy. I uh, went to a, a Christian liberal arts college. I went to Dallas Seminary. I went on and got my a Ph.D. at a conservative dispensational seminary. Uh, but I nevertheless was still not quite connecting the dots like I was talking about a moment ago. And, and it was uh, through a mutual friend and colleague in academia that I, I really first began to, to pull back the veil. And that started a deep dive for Wendy and, and myself, my wife and I, uh, that has really never stopped. And my three latest books are the, the culmination of that research, and we've just dedicated our lives to trying to help people wake up and see that uh, almost nothing is, is as it appears. That is absolutely true. And I, th- I think just watching the news, we, I think we have seen such major differences in uh, censorship. You used to be able to go on Google, and you could, you could find what you were looking for. You could research. There was a lot of information. There was a point, and I would say it was a few years ago, when all of a sudden you could tell that you were being spoon-fed return results on Google. And I think and Elon Musk is finally calling some of this out as far as being censored. And who's being censored? Well, of course, uh, the right's being censored many times more than the left. Um, but we're going to get into there's not a lot of differences between the two, but nevertheless, there's there are if we're going to talk about an ideology that we would agree more with as believers, it would be uh, on the right or Republican if you saw a list of things. But anyway, all that to say, things have changed, and I don't know how people can miss it, but people are still, you know, buying what they see, the, the results on Google and this sort of thing. Is there, besides what we're going to go through today, is there some way we can convince people that they are being censored, that what they feel, what they think, um, their worldview just doesn't matter? Is, is there some specific thing the church can do besides what we're doing here today? Well, so first of all, we need to remember Mark Twain's famous quote, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. So that's where we're at. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of people have been fooled, and it's, it's just very difficult for them to break free from those, uh, from those chains. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to something you said a second ago. You're exactly right, Mary. There is most definitely a philosophical uh, right and left. There, there is a, a viewpoint that represents a more biblical worldview, and then there's, of course, a liberal progressive viewpoint that really uh, is contrary to God's Word. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but what I have uh, shown in the books and what I've been trying to wake people up to is the fact that within the United States government, there really is no right-left paradigm. Hmm. You may hear people championing the so-called right, and you may say amen and agree and resonate with the words that come out of their mouth, but at the end of the day, both sides are controlled and they are they're marching uh, to the beat of Satan's drum, and they are heading towards the one-world system that Satan and his earthly co-conspirators are trying to usher in. So it's really difficult for people to to break free from that, because we want so badly to believe that we have a representative uh, in our government that, that sings mm-hmm. our tune and is championing our cause, um, but that's just simply not the case, and, and that's uh, what I... What I've tried to describe in the books and then uh, in, the pre- in the presentation that I did for uh, a message I did in Arkansas uh, on Saturday, this past Saturday, I really kind of distilled it down into ten uh, primary principles that people need to remember. Well, and the, the, drama, the drama between the left and the right is so fascinating because we had Pelosi for a long time. All of a sudden she vanished. 
I mean, due to the way uh, things were voted in and voted out. Um, so that's a normal course of events. But we were we were stuck with her for so long, and now she's gone. And yet, you know, we we hope when we vote that we will kick the bums out and we will get be- different results. We keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, which is insanity. Um, right. But nothing ever changes. Um, and I think that's proof. Also, what I was thinking of is the fact that the Clintons and whenever there's an investigation into somebody, you just you just shrug your shoulders and walk away because you know that nothing is ever going to change. And to me, that's one of the number one evidences that it's all one big political drama. Right. Nobody would would disagree that t- today, culturally, we are, you know, and socially and morally, we are worse off. Uh, than at any other time in human history. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you look back in the, just in the pe- recent decades, we've had multiple opportunities where the so-called right, the Republicans, I call them the Republicrats and the Democrats, <laughs> but the Republic, Republicans, I can't even say it, I'm so used to calling it Republicrats, <laughs> but uh, we've had pl- multiple, multiple opportunities where the Republicans have controlled the White House, both houses of Congress, and, and even uh, uh, had a supermajority on the Supreme Court. And yet, what do we see? We see gay marriage getting through. We see, uh, you know, uh, the whole whole woke agenda uh, being passed. We see uh, abortion, and we've talked about this before on your show. But the Dobbs decision was not a good decision. It was the, it's satanic to its core, and it, it simply crystallized the notion that the unborn don't have any human constitutional mm-hmm. rights. So things are getting worse and worse. And you'd think if all we needed to do to turn it around was elect conservatives, you know, elect the Republicans. Uh, we would have turned it around long before now, but it's simply not the case. I think people need to begin with that premise that the White House, the Supreme Court, the Senate, and most of the Congress is absolutely controlled, full stop. And once you get your head around that, which is very hard to do, mm-hmm. then when you see these talking heads on on TV, uh, it'll sort of re- remind you that what you're watching is good theater. It's It's a good script. It's fun. You resonate. You cheer for the heroes at times, and you cry for the... Losers, but it's just a script, and yeah. we're seeing that play out right now. If I might digress for a second with sure. the new Speaker of the House, you know, yes, you please. listen to Mike Johnson, and man, everything he says, you just go, "Amen! This is fantastic! This is our guy!" He's, you know, he's he's. We agree with the principles that he is espousing, and this is a common technique that the Luciferians have used. You know, going all the way back to, to he, uh, Friedrich Hegel, it's called the Hegelian dialectic, named after him, where. They kind of give you a voice. It's controlled opposition. They want mm-hmm. want us to feel like we've got a a voice in the game, and uh, and so uh, you know we resonate with what he says. And 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 fa- frankly, I cheer him. I, some of the conversations that I've heard him have since he kind of came from obscurity in Louisiana into the, the third in line or second in line after the uh, president is is unbelievable. I, I just I cheer him and I go in your face, you liberals, and it's it's great, but. <laughs> Then you got to catch yourself and realize, nope, he's controlled. And I know people don't like to hear that. Yeah. I've taken some pushback for it over the last few days, but take my word for it. No, actually, don't take my word for it. It doesn't bother me whether people agree with me or not. I, I you know, you should do your own research. Uh, but he is fully controlled and uh, just playing a role right now. I'm sorry to say. Oh, that's very interesting. And Pence as well. I mean, I, 
I lost my taste for Mike Pence quite a while ago, but I um, I think it was Leo Holman had a comment the other day that he is just a globalist through and through. And if you look at his record in Indiana, that's clearly the case. But it makes me sad to think that Mr. Johnson is controlled, and which makes me wonder then about integrity, if he is indeed a born-again believer. And, and perhaps these, these people go into politics and their integrity is intact. But in order to get to a certain level, don't you think they have to compromise Quite a bit, but it's no question. And, I, and who knows? I'm not questioning his own personal integrity. I believe he really believes what he's saying, which okay. is what makes him all the more fun to listen to and, and enjoyable. And you believe in him. But I'm just telling you, he's controlled. You don't have to wonder yeah. whether they're controlled. If you want to find out if someone's controlled, ask yourself: Are they a U.S. senator or a congressman? If the answer <laughs> is yes, then they're controlled. That's the bottom line. They're, yeah. they're just all controlled. And yeah, I love Leo Holman. I've had him on our program several times, and he gets it. He absolutely mm-hmm. gets it. But, uh, you know, like Pence, who, by the way, a lot of Christians were, I remember when he was selected back in 2016 uh, in Trump's first term, everyone's term, everyone said, man, he's, this guy's a godly Christian from Indiana, he's, Mm -hmm. you know, that just shows what a great godly Christian Trump is. And, of course, now most uh, Trump supporters uh, think Pence is the devil incarnate. They can't stand him. So it just shows you how fickle uh, people are. But uh, like Pence, uh, Johnson has some, some, you know, ties to the globalists. Uh, I don't want to get into too much detail, but I, I, I know someone uh, who knows him. I've interacted with that person uh, years ago. A pretty high-level politician in Texas, and uh, you know, I can just tell you that I'm not trying to say guilt by association, mm-hmm. uh, but there, there's some questionable things, uh, you know, in, in his uh, political past. But that's fine. I mean, as long as you know that, then for this season, while God is you know, allowing someone like uh, Mike Johnson to be in place, we, we hope he makes a difference. We hope that some of the causes for morality are advanced forward. But in the big picture, just understand, he is controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of us would just like to see uh, the Biden family come down. I mean, there's there's just a certain amount of desire for justice that we all have. We're hankering for it and have been for a long time since Hillary Clinton. And I, I think maybe people are expecting... Um, some results there on a, from a legal standpoint. But what do you think about that? Do you think that there's going to be an impeachment, or is this just all going to be uh, swept under the rug yet again? It could be. I mean, um, it, I think that, that depends on whether the Luciferians see that advancing their agenda. Um, there's a lot going on right now that's, that's really hard to figure out, and, mm. and I, if I've learned one thing, it's that it's very complex, and it's never mm. about what it's about. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what what's going on with Trump and all these indictments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not about the right versus the left, though. So we talk about the Pelosi's coming down and the Obamas and the Clintons, but no one ever talks about the Bush dynasty that financed Hitler and you know some of the other Republican dynasties that also have some pretty corrupt uh, dealings. I mean, if you read books like the Franklin Cover-Up, which is a documentary, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the scandals from Lincoln, Nebraska, back in the 70s and actually the 80s, um, you know, you see that. Uh, the scandals are are indiscriminate. They don't care whether it's a Democrat or Republican. They're all working behind the scenes. And we saw this too with the uh, WikiLeaks and the John uh, Podesta emails. You know, this is not a Republican Democrat thing. We it's easier for us to react and uh, and not like you know the Democrats because they're just on the surface so opposed to biblical ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's you know let's remember that it's uh, it's a it's it's republicans and democrans yeah yeah i sort of started to get a bit of a wake up call with with bush 
uh, towards the end of his presidency. I just didn't care for him at all. Uh, and then Paul Ryan came along in Wisconsin, and I think the Republicans, and there are many of us here, in spite of it being so blue, um, we thought that he was actually going to be conservative, and then he ended up to be a rhino. So um, I think, you know, the cynicism has built over the years. And so my next question about Trump um, being used, I know they despise him. Um, everybody despises him, it seems. Um, but what what do you think was his part uh, for those four years? Uh, what's your take in hindsight? Well, you're really trying to get me to get the hate mail fired up here, uh, because actually, uh, Mary, not everybody hates him. He has a huge following. It's it's stunning to me uh, how many people still follow him. But it, with the with the benefit of hindsight, I'm pretty confident in in how what his role played in the uh, in the Luciferian agenda. Remember, we don't have elections; we have selections. So, 2020 was by no means the first election that was rigged. I, I talk about this going back to my 2012 book, The Great Last Day's Deception. Uh, uh, exposing the New World Order agenda. Uh, so uh, it was rigged in 2016 and 2012 and 08 and so forth. They uh, they put their person in place for a reason. And since we now know with uh, some 15 to 20 smoking gun evidences that the pandemic was pre-planned in for, for 22 years in advance mm. and rolled out on cue, we, we now know that they put him in there in order to roll out the pandemic and push the death shots. That was his goal. Uh, if Hillary Clinton had been president and she stood up on national TV and demanded that all Christians stop worshiping Jesus on Easter Sunday for the first time in, you know, 1,500 years, uh, it would have been a revolt. I mean, there would have been civil war. But because Trump did it and Pence, you remember the, you know, the 15 days to, to, to oh, yeah. flatten the curve or whatever yeah. it was, uh, you know, everybody bowed down and worshiped at the altar of government. And, and he's still out there pushing it. He's never recanted. He put uh, 67 members of the Council on Foreign Relations either in his cabinet or mostly in, in judicial appointments and, and presidential appointments. Uh, he did not drain the swamp. He drained it right into his own administration. He was a pawn in the game. Um, and that doesn't mean he was part of the Luciferians. I don't believe he was. Right. I don't believe he was. I believe he was a pawn in the game who they needed to get the support of evangelical Christians and conservatives to push forward this really world-changing agenda. I mean, think about it. I mean, so I know it's been three or four years, but, man, that, that pandemic changed the world in mm -hmm. so many ways, and they needed someone that could more easily bring... Because the Democrats, they'll go along just on fear alone. And I hate to be too pejorative or too broad-speaking here. I'm not trying to say all Democrats are, are dumb by, by no means. But in general, it's easier to scare liberals than it is to scare conservatives. Conservatives tend to be more critical thinkers mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not saying that's true of everybody. So they, you know, they, they could have, with Hillary, gotten the majority of liberals to jump on board and wear useless masks and take a death shot. But conservatives were a little harder not to crack, so they needed Trump in there uh, to, to do mm -hmm. that. And, uh, and so now, once the, he had accomplished his purpose... They, they were determined, because he has a huge populist following. Yeah. And when you're in the presidency, you know, you have a certain modicum of power. It's not a monolithic control system where the Luciferians, you know, say jump and the president says how high. I mean, mm -hmm. he or she, potentially, could, you know, do, go rogue and do some things that they want. And Trump was very much uh, a candidate for that because he's such a, a free thinker and his own person. So once they had finished using him uh, for their purpose, they wanted to make sure that he was gone, and so they, they rigged the election worse than ever before and got him out of there. 
and now they've got a placeholder, Biden, in there, uh, and it remains to be seen what happens in 24. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not an us versus them. That's what people need to understand. It, it is on a certain level, liberal versus conservative, Democrat versus Republican. It's good theater. But at the macro level, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle, and Satan is using his earthly co-conspirators uh, in a much broader way than most mm-hmm. people realize. Yes, well said. And I, I remember when the pandemic thing just broke through and Trump was on every day with, I think it was a Dr. Burks and then Fauci was always standing right there. And now we have another news item yesterday about another lab, this time in Montana, about Fauci bringing, bringing the, the virus over to a lab in Montana, um, putting it in bats in this country. I mean, I, that could be just another distraction. I don't know. But I guess my question is, Hmm. Will Fauci ever go to prison? Because I see him as one of the most wicked human beings that I have ever encountered in, um, you know, of, of a Mengele kind of uh, human being. What, what's your take on Fauci at this point? So, yeah, no, no question. He is he is top, top level Luciferian. Um, I mean, not the, the very top with the six or eight families that are you know literally praying to Satan and sacrificing children in dark smoke filled rooms. I diagram this all out in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1, but certainly at the top of the, the level right below them. Uh, could he go to prison? You know, it's interesting. They, they have their own justice system, justice in quotes, within the Luciferians. Uh, they, they, when you make somebody else mad or you don't follow the rules according to their game, then they'll out you. But they could out any of them. You remember back in the Hoover days of the FBI, he had the old paper physical folders on just about everybody. And if needed, for leverage, he could pull that out and you'd be sunk. And that's the way it is today, only it's much easier to do that with technology and AI and fabricated evidence. And so uh, if he makes the wrong person mad, they'll absolutely crucify him, uh, which could be what's happening with Trump. But we've seen it with other Republicans, too. We saw it with Denny Hastert. We've seen it with yeah. other uh, well-known politicians who they've brought down in disgrace, uh, but they could do it to anyone. I mean, your favorite conservative politician, if they wanted to, they could bring him down tomorrow or her down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I'd just be curious, because I know you, you're pretty conversant in this uh, grand uh, agenda, the, the Luciferian agenda, the big picture of uh, this, this, this whole Satan's plan to take over the world. What, what's your take on what's going on with Trump now? I mean, it's it's really bizarre. I mean, you know, you'd think they could just kind of cast him aside and be done with it because they don't have to worry about him, you know, getting elected. We don't have elections. We have selections. So I'm just, if, if you have a thought on it, I'd be curious to hear what you think. You know, I as soon as they started with the indictments and, and all these other things, and it, it became so confusing, first I knew, number one, I was never going to get to the bottom of it. I mean, I, there's no way that I can figure all that out because there's too many players, there's too much distraction. Every day there's something new that comes along that, that it speaks in, in legalese that I don't understand. Um, I, I thought they would just take him off the ballots, which well, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but I don't understand at all unless it's just look over here, look over there. Um, we're just going to do all kinds of stuff that you'll never understand anyway. So other yeah. than that, I don't know. And it just goes on and on and on. And there's a number of indictments. A lot of them are repetitive, mostly lies. I don't know who's biding whose time here. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, I agree. I mean, whatever you think about Trump, and you, you heard my 
my opinion on it, and, and people should come to their own conclusion. But the fact that they're attacking him is really, and arresting him is really un, unheard of in this country. It's, it's turning us into a, you know, a, a, just a banana republic, and that part I don't like at all. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel like they're, I, my, one theory that I've had is that, again, they, they don't want him in, to have any part in this future next phase of the Luciferian agenda. So they wanted to try to get rid of some of his support. And so I think they were thinking, if we can just, you know, arrest him a thousand times, yeah. then eventually people will say, oh, man, this guy's tainted. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's had the exact opposite effect, mm-hmm. and it's only emboldening people to mm-hmm. support him, which I can understand because the the, the uh, case against him is unjust. I mean, say what you will, and this we'll never get to post this interview on YouTube now, but, uh, you know, the, the 2020 election was rigged. I mean, that's a fact that really should be clear enough for anyone with, with half a brain. Mm-hmm. And so... All he was doing and all his lawyers, like Jenna Ellis, who I, I know personally, uh, they were just out there trying to right a wrong. Now, yeah. uh, you know, when, when, when you try to right a wrong in Satan's world, he's not going to take too, light, too kindly to that. And he, you know, the wrath of Satan was poured out, like we're going to see during the tribulation. And so, you know, they thought, well, we'll just get rid of this guy. And unfortunately, he's still hanging around. So I, I don't know. It's, it's really bizarre. Uh, and complex, but yeah, uh, it is indeed. But, you know, and by the way, some folks may be hearing this and thinking, "Wait, I thought this was a Bible, you know, station <laughs> and a Bible show. What are, what's all this talk?" But let's not forget, in Psalm chapter two, King David completely describes this Luciferian conspiracy mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That the kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, yes. are all conspiring together to try to take over the world and throw off. Uh, the cords of God's control. So. All right, JB, we've got to cut you off. We've got about 30 seconds here. Yes. And we'll get back to uh, the rest of his thoughts. But, yeah, when he said, uh, you can't put it on YouTube, I looked over at Johnny, who's recording this podcast. <laughs> he nodded, yeah, so it'll be on the Rumble page. There you go. There you go. All right, we'll be right back with more from JB Hickson, notbyworks.org. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth for this Thursday, November 2. We're talking to J.B. Hickson, NotByWorks.org. He has uh, 10 preliminary principles that lay a foundation for how to interpret the day-to-day events we are caught up in. And uh, this world is run by the father of lies. That gives you a really good idea where we're at here. And the first one was nothing is as it seems. We are in a spiritual war. That's the overarching thing that Christians need to understand. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Number two, it's seldom about what it's about. Uh, Number three, the left-right paradigm, because there's so much drama with the current system. Um, JB refers to them as republicrats and democans. And we expect our votes to accomplish something, but is it more of a Calvinist uh, uh, voting system um, election, not selection? Uh, number four, JB, no difference between Fox and CNN. Let's talk a little bit about propaganda because my most recent uh, thing that I picked up on was the hospital in Gaza. Um, oh, they killed all these people. It was a hospital. It wasn't the hospital at all. But they showed a graphic of a young boy doing an incredible Oscar-winning job of of crying out in pain, but actually he had no dust on him, no scratches on him. He was laying on a pile of bricks and looking at the camera and weeping and wailing. And it, it was obviously 
obviously fixed. Uh, what do you have to say about all of these things over the years? Many, many instances of um, things being stretched to the absolute limit, even during the Gulf War. Oh, yeah. No, we have lots of examples on Fox News and CNN of completely fabricated uh, coverage. Uh, you mentioned the Gulf War back in 91. Uh, CNN was caught uh, having anchors that they alleged were in Saudi Arabia, uh, even to the point of acting like bombs were going off behind them and wearing their helmets and putting on gas masks. But in reality, they were right on top of the CNN building in Atlanta, Georgia, and they had a green screen, and they were just faking it. Uh, we see it all the time with weathermen in all kinds of stations where they act like they're out in the middle of a hurricane, but really they're just in uh, the studio. Um, Fox News has has used uh, fake footage before all the time. I, one of the examples I give in my presentation on how to interpret the news is you know, they were showing a... Uh, a picture of uh, of uh, 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 Epstein and uh, mm-hmm. Ghislaine Maxwell uh, during the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, and um, they, it was a picture that is readily available on Getty Images. It's uh, not, this is not a fact in dispute, and uh, they admitted it later. Uh, but it was a picture with Trump uh, with his arm around Epstein. And they just uh, edited him him out. You know, they just uh, used Photoshop and got him out, and yet still showed the picture. I mean, you think with a guy like Epstein, they'd be able to find plenty of pictures they could put on the screen while they're talking about him mm. with Epstein and Maxwell. But they liked this picture, but they didn't want to show a picture with Trump in it, so they just edited him out. And this is the kind of thing they do. It goes back to Operation Mockingbird, where for decades they've been trained to, you know, to uh, propagandize rather than present the news. And it always has an angle. It always has an agenda. And just know that you're being played when you watch mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Operation Mockingbird is an interesting thing. I had heard of it, but I didn't really know much about it. Uh, Carl Bernstein was involved. He was a journalist who, who kind of blew the lid on it. He did an article for Rolling Stone in 1977, but this actually goes back to the 40s. Um, and journalists, many, many journalists and thousands of CIA agents were working together, including Pulitzer Prize winners uh, were on the CIA's payroll writing fake stories um, you know, to disseminate um, or provide intelligence of the day. Um, and journalists were actually threatened and blackmailed into cooperating with Mockingbird. And and so there's just been a history of abuse of these three-letter agencies, CIA, FBI, uh, NSA, over the years. And I remember, and I think I mentioned this to you yesterday, uh, Walter Cronkite, who used to say, and that's the way it is, and he'd give the date, and I think to myself, as I got m- much older, I, that, that resonated in my head, and I said, really? That's the way it is? That's pretty, that's pretty gutsy, but that wasn't during the Vietnam War, and who knows all of that, of what that was. There was no AI at the time, obviously, but I'm sure there was uh, plenty of fabricated and um, uh, recycled and pre-chewed, pre-digested news. Um, is this still going on? So is that basically the, the foundation since the 40s of fake news? Uh, and it's still, they, they have not uh, recalled Operation Mockingbird. Is that correct? That's right. They, they said it's voluntary. Yeah, it actually goes back to the early 1900s when wow. uh, the Luciferian agents uh, in America decided they, they had to bring down America. Uh, God's influence through Bible-believing Christians had, had gone too far. It was out of control. They, they, they needed to, to more f- forcibly take back control. And so they took over the media. And uh, Operation Mockingbird was a CIA operation that was exposed through the church committee hearings. Uh, there's all kinds of eyewitness testimony. Uh, you know, they at the hearings, uh, when the church committee asked 
um, one of the uh, key uh, network executives, um, you know, do you have people who submit pieces to American journalists? Do you have people on the payroll paid by the CEI, CIA working for the networks? And uh, the uh, the CIA official under oath responded, "Well, this this kind of gets into you know confidential uh, top secret stuff, and you know let, let's we better do that in executive session." And later he was asked again, pressed on it, uh, "Do you have people working for the AP and the UPI?" And he said, "Well, again, that's kind of detail that we need to handle in executive se- session." <laughs> uh, and so H.W. Bush was the CIA director at the time. He, when they finally caught him and realized this is what they were doing, they had thousands of journalists and radio, TV, print media, uh, basically telling them what they wanted uh, the world to think and controlling the narrative. Uh, and so Bush said, well, well, we'll just make it voluntary from now on. Wow. So, yeah, no, there's no question this is what they've been doing. Uh, it's, uh, it continues to this day. That's where the phrase talking points came from, mm. was from Operation Mockingbird. They would send out talking points to the networks, here's what you're going to cover today. And when you think about it, it ought to be pretty self-evident because with you know, 350 million people in the country, on any given day there should be a lot happening, a lot of things you could choose to report on on the national news, and yet every day all the mainstream national news outlets are covering the same thing. Right. Why? I mean, that's, that doesn't happen by coincidence. Right. Uh, so it's a narrative. Uh, the conservatives uh, you know, like to watch Fox News, or at least used to before that got exposed with the election. And yeah. the liberals like to watch CNN, and uh, they're just giving a voice, like I, we said earlier, to both sides of the debate, while nothing really ever changes. Wow. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, can relate to the, the notion of watching the news and saying to yourself, there's got to be other stuff going on. You know, there's there, there, you know, with all the countries in the world, all the continents, all the wars and rumors and all the things going on, why do we get the same stuff? over and over again. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure that people have already um, understood that that's true. And also the CIA, do you think at that time too, and even now, if there's something illegal going on, um, an illegal operation around the world that, that they might make sure people don't get, they send you a distraction. And I think to the point where we're going, okay, here's the main news. What What's the distraction? Why are we looking over here? Yeah, what's it really What's really going on? Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, Cronkite, whom you mentioned, Remember, you know, the big uh, mantra was it wasn't the news until, it's not the news until Walter Cronkite tells us it's the news. Well, Cronkite, after he retired, he received uh, the World Federalist Association Global Governance Award for helping the Luciferians advance the globalist agenda. And in his acceptance speech, I show this in my presentation on how to interpret the news, he, he, he mocks conservative evangelical Christians who think that only Christ can preside over a one world government. And uh, and he says that, that they, these conservative Christians, think that any other attempt to usher in a one-world government is the work of Satan. And then he pauses and looks into the camera and says, well, then, uh, you know, uh, you know, come, come, sit, come with me. I'm proud to sit here at the right hand of Satan. That's Walter Cronkite. So people, people have no idea. This, that's a perfect example. If during the height of his uh, tenure, if, he, if you would have criticized Cronkite, people would have said, you're crazy, you're unfair, you're judging him, there's no way he's that bad of a guy, and then it all comes out. So remember that when you extol the virtues of the Mike Pences and the Mike uh, Johnsons and people like that. It's never about what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. And you say, uh, in number five here, you say, powerful people worship Satan and love death. Now, we just had a Halloween uh, program I did on Tuesday about the death culture, and that is the problem uh, that feeds this. And and Halloween, you know, not wanting to have anything to do with that death culture because of 
desensitization, dehumanization from abortion and euthanasia laws in Canada and things like that, uh, a lot of people don't want to think that um, powerful people are Luciferians. They they worship Satan and they love death. But how else do you explain um, depopulation agendas that we don't want to think are true? Uh, the transgender um, disaster of secret societies, that sort of thing. Uh, I read a book um, by Pat Robertson back in the eighties, and I, I don't I don't recommend his doctrine or anything necessarily. But I was fascinated how far ahead of the curve he was on this, the Luciferian agenda and the left-right, um, how it really doesn't exist and the vote really doesn't count, even though we think it does. I was really surprised by that. So I've been thinking this for a while, but what do you say to people, um, JB, who, who really struggle with the, the idea of secret societies being almost cartoonish, and yet um, powerful people worship Satan? Yeah, you know, that's uh, uh, that's where I was before I woke up. Is I, It's easier for us to to debate, you know, socialism and, you know, liberal mm-hmm. agendas and, and social issues um, and to keep it somewhat clean than it is for us to wrap our head around the idea that, that there are literally right now in parts of this world evil Satan worshipers who are sacrificing children and drinking blood. Now, that sounds shocking, but it's right out of the Bible. I mean, we know they did it in the ancient Near East with Malek and Baal and all the ancient Near Eastern gods, and so... Why in the world would we think it's gotten better? I mean, depravity is a degenerative disease. It doesn't mm-hmm. get better with time. It gets worse. Right. And Paul says things are going to get worse and worse, Second Timothy 3.13. So, yeah, we need to kind of have this be shocked back into reality and recognize that, indeed, there are powerful people in the U.S. government right now who are worshiping Satan and love death. Remember, Jesus said, uh, Satan, in John 8.44, Satan was a murderer from the beginning. So he, he is, that's what he loves. He thrives on death. Now, does that mean everybody in positions of power is a part of this explicit satanic uh, worship? Of course not. Uh, most have no idea that they're part of a Luciferian agenda. But you better believe some do, and that's all I was uh, pointing out, mm-hmm. is to, to get people to think beyond the surface level and recognize there's Ephesians 6, there's a spiritual battle going on. Absolutely. And it, 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 when you think about communism and all the, all the things that we're battling in this world, all the ideologies, they are really not the problem. It's the cosmic battle that is the problem. That's just a, that's just a, a play card, uh, by the enemy to, and it's real, of course. These, these ideologies exist and they're real, but they aren't the problem at the end of the day. You have a quote that's from Mengele. Uh, Hitler's guy who says, the more we do to you, the less you believe we're doing it, which reminds me of Mr. Harari, who, of course, says uh, altogether recently, even though he is a human being, he says that we're basically useless. Um, so, you know, this reminds me of the WEF and all the uh, control that they have. Um, Leo Homan has a great uh, quote recently um, the WEF has the allegiance of many globalist U.S. governors from both blue and red states who have traveled to Switzerland over the years to pander to Schwab, Harari, and the rest of the Davos death cult. Governors Brian Kemp of Georgia, Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, and J.B. Pritzker of Illinois attended the WEF's 2023 summit earlier this year. Eleven members of Congress also checked in at Davos, along with Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Chris Coons of Delaware, Christian Sinema of Arizona, billionaire business leaders from all industries joined the party. He said the most represented countries at the WEF summit this year, not including Switzerland, were the United States. That's almost 30% of all attendees and the UK, 10%. So lest we think that the WEF is over there in Geneva where all the other globalists 
like to live, it's it's permeated our government. Uh, what's your take on that, JB? Oh, no question. In fact, though, they brag about being a Davos man or a Davos woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a badge of honor, and uh, it's kind of like being a Rhodes scholar. Well, those are <laughs> you know, uh, the, the Cecil Rhodes was part of the Luciferian agenda as well, mm-hmm. and so yeah, no, there, there's a lot of conservative, uh, you know, headliners are Davos men and Davos women, and they're, they're straight out of uh, Klaus Schwab's uh, globalist mill where he produces these little globalists to go out and champion the cause. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, you know, again, that's why I say you can't just take at face value what you're told about these people. Uh, even though we resonate with a lot of what they say when it, when it comes to conservative issues, like, like Mike Johnson, we, we love what he's saying. I mean, he's just, he's in your face to some of these liberals but if you look beyond that and dig a little deeper you find out that he's you know been big in, in you know funding globalist wars in Syria and Ukraine and other places and uh, you know he's just uh, uh, these guys there's always more to the story yeah sure. absolutely you talk a little bit about in your list about conservative pundits and we love to watch uh, those people and and it gives you something to cheer about oh yeah somebody who thinks like I do do they have integrity? Um, are are they being controlled on some level? Some of them are, and I think some of them aren't. Uh, you know, they leave so, some of them out there uh, without bothering them, just again to give us a voice. And and uh, but they ultimately control the whole game. But yeah, I don't I don't necessarily question their integrity. I think they believe what they're saying, and in most cases, they're controlled. And they know they're controlled. And by controlled, there's many many ways you can be controlled. You can be blackmailed. You can be paid off. You can be threatened. In other words, your own integrity is still mm. intact. But because they threaten to kill your children or your wife, you know, you you do what they tell you. So there's a lot of ways to be controlled. But I think in 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 most cases, they still really believe what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And then I want to be careful to add: in some cases, they're not controlled. I think you have some legitimate. Un, uh, unmolested, so to speak, conservatives out there who are who are actually saying what we like, and the Luciferians are leaving them alone for a period of time. Um, but they won't last long. If they begin to do real damage to the ultimate agenda, then they'll bring them down some way or the other. But but I, that principle that you're alluding to there, uh, principle number nine on my how to interpret the news presentation. Notice, I say there's a very strong chance your favorite conservative pundit is controlled. Doesn't I can't guarantee they're all controlled, but there's a pretty good chance they are. Yeah, and that makes sense to some degree. I mean, we know we know prophecy and how it comes out, and so control of media, control of all branches of government, everywhere really has to be in place in order to have a global government. So I think looking ahead, um, you know, what we watch, what we read, and what we hear. We have to ask ourselves when we watch the news, where does this fit in with God's plan for the ages, right? Uh, I mean, having the big picture in mind, is, is that probably one of the things that Christians should keep in mind when they're watching the news? I th- absolutely, and stay in the Word of God. I mean, that was what angered me the most about myself, is, is the sense that I had been lied to, because, you know, yeah. I grew up in the Word. I mean, I was studied the Word formally and was teaching it as making a living, teaching at college and seminary as an academician, and yet... I still never connected the dots and realized, you know, it's right here. The Bible tells us there are human co-conspirators working with Satan to try to take over the world. And so Satan is the master deceiver. He's a liar from the beginning. And when he speaks, he speaks a lie. Uh, And so we need to, you know, run everything we see and hear and watch through the grid of Scripture and see how this fits into, you know, the biblical worldview. Mm. 
JB, I wanted to ask you, why is it so hard for some of us to believe this? Why? Again, why do I we, I mean, you, we, we have discussions and we get feedback. It's just too hard to believe. I, you know. I think there are two reasons. One, it's sort of a self-preservation mode. We just mm. psychologically don't want to let ourselves think we've been deceived. It's, it's, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. <laughs> and so we'd rather dig our heels in and, and believe the lie even though something deep within us is starting to tell us, you know what, I think I've been duped. But I think another reason is it's people just can't handle it. It's too shocking. It's too uh, painful. It's it's too dangerous. And so they'd rather, uh, you know, uh, ignorance is bliss. You know, they'd rather stick their head in the sand than, uh, than peek behind the curtain, if I can mix my metaphors there. So, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons why. But once you do go beyond... And, and, and allow yourself to see what's really happening in this world, boy, it's just there's such a freedom there because then you remember that our citizenship is in heaven. We're just sojourners passing through. And as this world is falling apart, it's really just falling into place, as yeah. Jan Markell likes yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I just want to throw in, my, with me, it was I had to deal with my self-righteousness. Mm. That's what I was struggling with is, I would never do that, so this is, hmm. why would others do that? Hmm. So Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I was fascinated when, I think it was Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1, you talk about uh, doing some uh, multiple prophecy conferences um, with Ed Henson, and, and, and people would ask questions. Okay, you'd have a Q&A session, and people would say, you know, where is America in Bible prophecy? And... Um, you know, having traveled around, you say, I've traveled the world speaking on Bible prophecy, the rapture, the second coming, and the end times. Never in any other country have I had someone ask the question, where is Brazil in Bible prophecy? Where is Canada or Haiti in Bible prophecy? But every time I'm in a conference in America, one of the inevitable questions is, okay, and, and you know, we are not the apple of God's eye, you know, and, and it's Israel. God deals with only one nation as a nation. He deals with the Gentiles one heart at a time. And you say God is not only not an American, he is also not a Republican. And I'm sure that that uh, pokes some people in the eye from time to time. But how can we get past our Amerocentric view? Because it seems like prophecy also brings us to the other hemisphere. It actually takes us to the Eastern Hemisphere for the fulfillment of all things in God's plan. How can we stop looking at things from such a, a merocentric viewpoint? Well, it certainly should take us to the other hemisphere if That's we read right. the Bible. Yep. Uh, it's hard. You know, that, that old Japanese proverb, if you, if you want to know about water, don't ask a fish, because uh, it's just all around us. So we're just, it's in the air we breathe, and we think like an American. Um, uh, but I think we need to just understand that in the grand scheme of things, you know, America, 6,000 years of human history has only been around for, what, 246 yeah. years, seven years, something like that? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're not all that. Uh, now, we are the mightiest nation in the world, and the Lord has used America like no other nation to advance the gospel, which is why the Luciferians hate this country now, and they're trying mm. to bring it down. Mm. Um, but, uh, but still, uh, you know, it's funny you bring this up, because uh, I know you've had probably had Don Perkins on your program before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on my program tomorrow, and we're talking about is America and Bible prophecy because he's got such a great perspective on that, and he's such he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And we heard him speak on that at the Prophecy Watchers conference, and uh, my wife just loved it. And we thought, man, we got to get him on the program to, mm-hmm. to talk about that. But yeah, I just I, I feel like people need to think biblically, not not through an American lens, but through a biblical lens. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it seems to me like politics has taken a much seat, bigger seat at the table in our lives than it was because before social media and before 24-7 news, we knew who was president. We didn't pay a ton of attention. I mean, we were younger, but it wasn't something that was all consuming in our face every single day. What's your, you know, political affiliation, uh, this or that. And we did not think about politics to that degree. I see politics have, having become in the church a tremendous, um, distraction. What do you think about that? Yeah, it really is. I mean, we, 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 we want to fight battles that matter. And, and these issues, these moral issues, do matter, but unfortunately mm-hmm. they're not going to be solved at the ballot box. Mm-hmm. Um, if we would spend as much energy uh, sharing Christ and sharing the gospel with others, that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead, and that's the good news, he's mm-hmm. the only way you can have eternal life. If we'd spend as much energy doing that, that would change the world. Now, I'm not opposed to you know, getting involved, and, and, mm-hmm. and especially in the local levels where it can really make a difference and where your vote really counts, Absolutely, we ought to we ought to engage the culture, but I just feel like we're spinning our wheels when we try to make a difference inside the, the Washington D.C. Beltway. Yeah, J.B. Hickson, not by Works.org. What a, another great conversation with you! And we only have a couple minutes left. Is there something that that we missed? Something you'd like to talk about? Um, what's next on on the calendar of events? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we just appreciate your prayers. Uh, as you mentioned, you can go to notbyworks.org and lots of great resources there. Mm-hmm. We have a new free section on our store, our online store. We have a very robust store with a lot of streaming digital content and books and DVDs and things. But we have a free section, which uh, you don't have to put in a credit card. You can just download stuff directly from there. Uh, you do have to put it in the cart and check out, but no credit card or info required. And lots of great resources there, like my sequential order of end times events, uh, you know, my different articles on various different topics. Uh, as they come up in discussions, we'll, uh, something will cross my mind. Oh, yeah, I've written about that, or I did a lecture on that, and we'll post those there. Great. So check out notbyworks.org, click on the store, and never forget what it's all about, which is, you know, unbelievers need to come to faith in Christ. Today is the day of salvation. Trust in Jesus. For believers, we walk by faith, not by sight. Don't be distracted, as you said, Mary, by all of this smoke and mirrors around us. Mm-hmm. Stay rooted in the Word of God and allow it to be our, our, our guide. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It absolutely is, and there's always so much to talk about. And you have a podcast as well. You can listen to uh, JB on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean is one that I use, and you cover so many different subjects, uh, just prophecy updates, uh, Israel, uh, the digital ID system, AI, all those things that are on our horizon. And so we just appreciate you so much standing firm. And we do need to pray for those who are on the front lines like JB because there's always spiritual warfare. There are always uh, other kinds of distractions, too, because we just want to be so single-minded uh, with what we do because the hour is late. Thank you so much, JB. And we are going to do that again, of course. On Friday, we have Jason Jimenez. We're going to talk about parenting um, he's got a new book on that. Scott Shera is Monday, and he'll always give us the latest on what's going on with Amazing Grace. So we thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're, we're just uh, grateful for everyone. We are listener-supported. We're grateful for your support and everything that uh, that you do to come alongside us. So therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Have a great day on purpose.